Welcome to Waiting For You, the podcast where we talk infertility, hope, loss and courage. I'm Janine, mum of one, a newborn and family photographer and lover of dark chocolate. Here we will share stories of families who have faced a different or difficult journey through conception, pregnancy or postpartum. I want to honour these stories and have them be heard and I want to bring it all, the tears, the hope, the despair and the joy. who shares her experience of baby loss. Another baby loss story following on from last week's in honour of Baby Loss Awareness Week. Esther was pregnant with her fourth child during the first COVID-19 lockdown in 2020 when she found out her growing baby had died. The restrictions were strong and affected her experience. She had to go straight to Christchurch with her young daughter Libby who happened to be with her for the appointment and leave behind her husband James and their other two children. Esther shares so beautifully her experience of birthing her daughter with her dad at her side, and the blessing of having Libby with her. Esther's love for her children is palpable. Here's Esther's story. Hey Esther, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Janine, it's so lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, you're so welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Do you want to start, Esther, by telling me a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, we. Um, so my husband and I have four children. Um, yep. The oldest is Darcy, then we, and he's he's six. <laughs> Lose mm-hmm. count when you've got a few of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> then we've got Charlotte. Uh, she's five, so they're both at school. Mm-hmm. And then Libby, who is at kindy today is three and Barnaby, our youngest, is eight months and we um, live on a farm in rural Waikato and yeah, we just enjoy farm life and being outside and yeah, I just love the the sort of outdoor nature of our kids. They love to be active and doing things, so yeah. Yeah, gorgeous. And you're a photographer as well? Yes, well, I'm I'm trying that. I'm trying my hand at that. Yeah, I've I've been a primary school teacher for um, oh. about nine years and yeah. just with having children now, I was looking for something that could be a little bit more flexible. Yeah, yeah. 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 I got into it because I was taking photos of my children all the time of and course. I loved it. I loved all, having those memories and little pictures and just got addicted. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I um. I have the exact same pathway as you. I used to be a oh, primary school teacher too. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, cool. I'll, I'll put you in later. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So today you're going to share with us your experience of baby loss. Mm. Um, do you want to start with telling us about becoming pregnant with your fourth pregnancy or your fourth child and kind of how it was all going, just to kind of set yeah. the scene for us? So it was two years ago now and mm-hmm. – I was pregnant during um, New Zealand's first lockdown. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, I had had um, three healthy pregnancies with no issues at all Mm -hmm. before this one. So um, the midwife that I had was the same midwife um, that I had for Libby. So um, she didn't have any concerns and she knew me well. Um, And the 
the beginning of the pregnancy was all fine and yeah everything was just ticking along normally so because it was locked down in those early stages the midwives were not booking appointments as regularly as they would um during the normal circumstances yeah so um we would message or chat on the phone but she didn't physically see me but I you know I didn't nothing seemed to be wrong anyway so I didn't feel the need to see her um, yeah and I guess being a mum you, you know in your fourth with your fourth pregnancy you you kind of knew the mm, drill yeah yeah yeah, yeah you'd, I, I'd been there before and everything yeah and um, so it, it um it did come as a surprise later on when I did find out but yeah so it was all um going well and okay. I hadn't seen her um, at all <laughs> until right. we needed to meet up for um, organising a scan. So Kaikoura, a little town, doesn't have any um, scanning facilities. Mm-hmm. And you had to pop down and get a referral so you could um, head down to Christchurch for those. Yeah, we did need to meet to organise that. So um, I... Yeah, I had a shower that morning and I had been saying to James, I wonder when I'll start to feel the baby moving around because okay. I, I couldn't, you know, everything sort of merges into one when you've had a few and yeah, I couldn't yeah. quite pinpoint when I should start to feel baby. So I would Google it and it said around that that 18 week mark. So mm-hmm. I wasn't too worried, but also I was wondering when I might start to feel those little butterfly flutters yeah and things so I had a shower that morning and I because it was the fourth pregnancy thought maybe the tummy would be a little bit bigger as well because yeah each time I have got Mm. a a bit bigger so um I've been exercising a lot as well so I just put down the fact that um I wasn't as big too doing a lot of hiking and being really active Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so that that was the beginning of the pregnancy and things were were fine. Yeah. And so uh, can you now talk through what happened when mm. you were 18 weeks and you went for that scan or you went for that appointment? Yeah, so I went down for the appointment um, and we were due to book the scan for, I think, 20 weeks you find out the gender. Yeah. So um, I had a cup couple of weeks before that scan would be due um and yeah just good time for um aroha the midwife to check in and do the first listen-ins the heartbeat yeah. and things so i hadn't heard that baby's heartbeat yet mm-hmm. and we just chatted through and i at the start of the um, appointment i said how things have been going well and I just wondered if I should feel baby yet. And she wasn't concerned. She said it can be around this time, but it's not to worry. And then um, we moved to popping up onto the bed and having a listen for baby. And um, I had Libby with me. She just, she's um, just starting to walk and toddling around the room. It's a good way distraction looking down at her while I was trying to find, um, the heartbeat yeah. and every time I'd had a, a chicken with the other pregnancies you'd just put the dupler on and be able to find the heartbeat pretty much straight away it would just jump yeah. out into the room that 
galloping horse noise. So mm-hmm. um, it was a little bit concerning that it was taking a while. And then it took, a yeah, it was a long time. Just sort of the, the weight of the quietness in the room was, um, uh, there was sort of a, like a, a sinking feeling. Because mm-hmm. um, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I have just searched around and said that she would <clears throat> um, have a wee break and then come back and try again and still nothing. Yeah. So she got a colleague that the health hub in Kaikoura had recently got a ultrasound machine, so they thought they would have a wee look inside, um, but they were tra- just training their staff with it, so they weren't experts. Okay, and they, yeah. They could see the baby, um, but no, they couldn't pick up a heartbeat on their machine. Mm-hmm. So they... They said, just bear with us, we're new at this. Um, I don't think that's the best sort of training for them to be doing um, doing that for their own well-being as well. But there was nothing that they could find. So they said, you'll just need to head down to Christchurch. It was morning time, so if I left soon, then I'd be able to get an appointment there in the afternoon by the time I got down there. Right. So you go straight from that appointment to Christchurch? Because we lived, yeah, because we lived on a high country station, the, um, getting back up to the house would have been an hour, and then oh, yes, and then coming back down to Kaikoura would be another hour, so that would be two hours wasted. So, oh, um, right. So you didn't live right in Kaikoura. You were, yeah. No, we were gotcha. quite isolated, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which was another reason why I hadn't been down to the midwife much. Um, because mm. everything was fine and we were in our little bubble. There was no need to pop it and be in town at all. So, yeah, and that lockdown yeah. was, um, you know, that was our first one, eh? We were just mm. trying to figure out what it all, what it all yeah. meant. Yeah, and it yeah. was quite quite strict. Quite um, Yes, it was. You know, to the following it to the letter. Yeah. And I, so I had Libby with me and she, she and I just jumped in the car and drove down to Leithfield, which is just North Canterbury. My parents lived there on a lifestyle block. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I burst their bubble. We popped in there. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it couldn't have been a better situation to leave James and the other two children and then at, at least be with other people that were your family and your support people. Oh, so, cool. yeah. What kind of drive time? Is it from Kaikoura to your parents? I think it's about an hour and a half. Okay. Maybe, yeah, yeah, quite. And not it, too, too long. Not too long. little one yeah. in the back on your own, yeah. Yeah. And she was good, I think she was asleep. Yes. <laughs> it was a quiet drive. I did a lot of thinking, <laughs> a lot of worrying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot to be holding on to while you're driving mm. and on your own, well, I know you had your baby with you, but on your mm. own, other adults, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Rangiora is very close to where my parents are, and there was a um, a clinic there for scanning. So mum and I went and did that, and um, they, they couldn't find the heartbeat either, and that's when they said the baby had passed and that the next stages would have to happen. So Aroha, my midwife, organised for me to have an appointment at Christchurch Women's to yeah. start that process. Okay, so 
So I just want to back up a little bit. So mm. when you were driving down there, did we, were you still holding on to some hope that that yes. baby was still with you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so what was it like hearing that kind of final definitive news? Sorry. Don't be sorry. It's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) I was placing my mum with me and I just, I didn't cry. I just, I think I knew and it was just the confirming of it. And Mm -hmm. then I'm quite... I don't know, I think, I don't know, it was, I think I just then needed to know what's going to happen next sort of thing. Yeah, I I I was having waves of emotion, but they were quite suppressed at that stage. Yeah. Yeah, probably shock more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, shock and the focus on what what do we do now. Yeah. 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 And so what was the process from there? What, What does happen? Yeah, so that surprised me in itself because um, I guess I sort of thought maybe if maybe the doctors would remove the baby or something like that, maybe like yeah. when you have an early um, miscarriage and um, you can sort of get a bit cleaned up. So, but it wasn't. It was um, it was heading to the hospital and um, talking through it with the nurses. It sounded like it was going to be much like a birthing mm-hmm. um yeah a, a natural birth so it because it was locked down I think um wait times were long so there was a lot of waiting and thinking of, and surreal feeling as well mm-hmm. but that first um morning I went in and met with a nurse and got medication to start um the body getting ready for the birth okay so, um, it just so like softens. an induction kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, it softens the cervix and then you can head home, which felt weird in itself too. I, I was like, I don't want to go home and then something yeah. happens at home. What if baby yeah. rushes out? Or, um, But no, nothing nothing crazy happened. And, um, yeah, a weird night going to sleep and wondering what the day would bring when heading back to the hospital. Yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> so James was still in the bubble at the farm and – my mum, yeah, my mum, we decided it was best for her to stay at home with Libby. Right. Um, she was breastfeeding still, so mum would need to um, sort of get her through the day and mm, might not right. be best for my dad to do. So dad, yeah. uh, no no second fiddle. He was still amazing, an amazing support person to take along with me. Really calm. <laughs> lots of distracting talk of yeah. other things. And he's a farmer, yeah. so you know, animals lose babies all the time and for one reason or another things don't always go to plan with with pregnancy and birthing and things. So he he was quite quite a good person to just be there and be understanding that it's, things weren't working out and that was okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So yeah. he was with you at the hospital? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was lucky to be able to have a support person yeah. with me. Mm. So once we got to the hospital, they just gave you more medication to keep things um, ticking along and start okay. the the body, um, yeah, doing the contractions and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so I wasn't really expecting that I would have to sort of do the work to get baby out of that. Mm, I know. Having had three pregnancies, my body was like, oh, I know what to do. Yeah. I was going through the motions really easily and the contractions did get um, more intense, but definitely not as intense as a normal birth. Yeah. I thought they might because it was like, well, where is this going? Like, how bad will this get? But I didn't need any pain relief. And um, okay, and then it just um, got to a point where I felt like there was a weight pushing down, maybe the feeling of needing to go for a poo. And they said, just yeah. be, be careful if that does feel like that and you go to the toilet that you, you don't actually birth the baby. Um, at that time, so that was good to know because that, yeah. that that was the exact feeling I was having. Mm-hmm. And um, I I didn't have baby on the bed. They had a little chair in the bathroom, which also felt a bit sterile and not as loving as bringing a baby into the world normally. But mm. it had a little hole in the seat, and you could birth baby into the bowl. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you have to do that, or was that? And a, I think because option? I had. Yeah, I think it, I think you could do it however you wanted, but I think it was there for ladies who maybe felt that need to go to the toilet but didn't know mm-hmm. what was happening. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. And know I, that. and that was the situation I found myself in going yeah. to the bathroom, and then actually maybe it's baby, and I don't want it to be worn into the toilet. So yeah, yeah. okay, um, that makes sense. It, yeah, yeah, because it all happened quite quickly once the body wanted it to come out yeah that, that was happening so yeah and and um I mean I thought it was still very special baby was born in, completely in the sack and the placenta mm-hmm. came yeah the placenta came all all at once as well with baby mm-hmm. so very sort of clean and yeah it was still special to me absolutely yeah wow yeah. and was your dad actually there with um, when the baby was born? Uh, he was in the room, but not in yeah. the bathroom with me. Yeah, I think it was probably a step too far for him. Yeah, so. but how amazing that he was there. Yes. So, yeah. so special. Yes. Yeah. And lovely and so, nurses. The, yeah. The staff okay. were just amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, and always talking about what was what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. And I yeah. felt very informed after the initial shock of like, oh my goodness, what this is actually happening. Yeah. And, yeah. And so what happened what happens next? The nurse who was with me at the time I uh, took everything away so I didn't see see the baby after the birth. But I didn't want to see the baby either. Okay. So um, was that your sort of instructions to them? I I knew that baby from the scan had passed two weeks earlier. And okay. I was probably a little bit frightened of what I would yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. I was happy for them to take the baby and have a look. Just, yeah. And then they could decide from there what was best to, to happen. Okay. Yeah. And so did you end up seeing her at all or not? Yes. Um, so I birthed her, they took her away, and then I could have a shower. And just, yeah, that was nice just to sort of cleanse yourself a little bit after that and then it did take a long uh, quite a long time but then they did they brought her back and they had taken the time to um pop it in a little box with yeah 
<clears throat> excuse me, a blanket and a little teddy. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was very a very lovely experience to to meet her. And Dad and I just had her in the room with us, just the three of us, and spent a lot of time just being in her presence. Wow. Yeah. That's so yeah. beautiful. I didn't want to look too too deeply at at her, but it was just nice to, to know that she was here and that yeah. she was um able to be with us. Yeah. Yeah. How are you coping mentally and emotionally at this point and also, you know, in the weeks and months afterwards? Mm. In the moment, um I had a little cry, both of us, Dad and I just had Dad held me and we had a cry. Um, and that finality of baby being taken away and that was the sort of the closing of that chapter, mm. knowing that she was mm. going to be cremated. Um, there were decisions to be made about whether you wanted to find out about what had happened. Of course, yeah. And I did because I... Cause I um, I didn't want any questions sort of left as to why. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you could get tested yourself uh, to see if there was any anything happening with you as a mother that might have contributed, and then you could do opt to have the postmortem for baby. Right. As well. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So the that, things that could have mm-hmm. been happening with you is that's like an infection or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. bacteria um infections yeah so they just did blood tests yeah yeah and did you get any clarity from those things we we were moving at the time from the south island to the north island and okay. i think because of lockdown too that things just seemed to to, to drag yeah, uh, the yeah, ability yeah. to be able to move was um prolonged for us but once yeah, we could but- then we were up up in the North Island, and yeah, it was still mu- maybe a month or more before, or maybe even longer before I heard anything from the hospital. Sort of to the okay. point where I was like, "Will I ever, will I ever hear from them? Should I be mm. contacting them?" Mm. Um, yeah, months and months, and finally, the doctor rang and said that they uh, couldn't find anything conclusive as to what right. could have contributed to it, and the baby was perfectly formed. Um, right. And there was no issues with the development of the baby. Mm-hmm. I was quite relieved in that fact that she was perfect and that it was just something that just out of our hands that we just yeah. don't don't know why or what happened. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the doctor said sometimes it's just one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What was it like not being able to have your husband there and what was it like for him um, not being able to be with you um, for Mm. for this? I think, yeah, he would have, I think he would have loved to have been able to be there. It was just such a tricky situation. I think It was just impossible, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think he took, strength from being able to be with the children and know that his role was really important in, in that keeping that all going at home yes. for the children too. For the, I mean, you've got three children who have known that you're pregnant and That's that they're right. going to get a, a sibling. And, yeah. um, and then 
I left to go to town and I didn't come back. It's mm-hmm. quite a, it's quite a lot for him to have to um to be dealing with at home. So yeah, yeah, he he was amazing in that respect. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot to process, and I think a little bit harder to process when you can't be there and going through that. Absolutely, it's not as real, maybe because it's just an idea and you're not seeing it firsthand. But yeah, that's right. He didn't get to meet her and Mm. do the, you know, have that time like you you did. Mm. Yeah. And what was it like for you not being able to have him with you? Sounds to me like I mean you. Mm. very well but yeah um, I felt I felt very supported I would have loved to have him there but I I understood how things needed to be and I felt like everybody had their place within Mm. the process and that everything Mm. was happening as it should so I would have loved for him to be there but it I um, yeah I just I was at peace with how it was yeah and I still felt like I had everything I needed from my parents being there and Libby I got home yeah. that night after after the induction and meeting the baby and it was night time by the time Dad and I got home. So Libby was mum had got Libby to sleep, don't know how. <laughs> um, and I just went and sat in the quiet of her room and watched her sleeping in her cot and even though it was such a big day and and the enormity of it probably hadn't fully crashed down on me yet I just knew how blessed I was I had life there and I had two Mm. other lives at home Mm. and I I just yeah she was everything to helping me get through that she sounds like you know from just from the um her toddling around at the midwife appointment Mm. right through this whole thing sounds like she was a real little shining star that really it was uh, you know, it's so fortuitous that she was with you and that mm. it just sounds like she, it was, I mean, you know, it was great. She was, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really special and I have so many hugs with her. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely my strength. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that it worked out that you had her with you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share the special way you, you scattered the ashes of your baby? Yeah. Um, again, it took a long time to pick, pick her up because we had moved from um, up north, so she was still down south. And my um, my mother picked her up from the um, crematorium, actually, and brought her back to their house for a while. So they had yeah. a, a mm. bookshelf and... Mm. When we finally got the chance to go down for Christmas of 2020, it was uh, it had been a, a wee a wee while, and it was nice to sort of have that come together again and mm. be on the same soil as her. Mm. And we decided that we'd take her back to Kaikoura where she had lived her life, even though we weren't living there anymore. Um, yeah. got family in Kaikoura my father's from Kaikoura so um, my grandparents are in the cemetery on the peninsula so right. I felt like she would be surrounded by love and family there anyway Yeah, um, and we took her it's okay take your time we took her up to the farm where we had lived um 
uh, and we hope the children up to one of the highest hills above the house where we had been. You could see. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, you could see uh, down to the coast, the Kakura township yeah. and the, the ocean on one side. You could see to the mountains um, and and then you could also see through to um, the ocean on the other side, looking to the mm. North Island. So How beautiful. There's right smack bang in the middle of, yeah, where she would be able to touch base with us all, I felt. Yeah. 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 So there was a lovely rock that we climbed onto and – we had brought some flowers from my mother's garden to lay on the rock and then um, the children all took a little bit of, of her ashes to release. It was quite a windy day, so it was a little bit funny, actually, with the, with the ashes blowing around. I've never done anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the children, <laughs> we had a little bit of sort of things in our faces, but yes. it was nice. It was a beautiful send-off and I felt like... Um, it was where she was meant to be. Like I said, I'd done a lot of hiking and things while pregnant, but been up to that spot um, most days. I would I would hike up there right. um, her, for exercise. So yeah, uh, it was a place that I felt like she'd be familiar with and really connected to. It's so beautiful, Esther. <laughs> so beautiful. So many layers of beauty in there. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Do you have any other kind of rituals you've created in your family around remembering her? Um, I guess we're in New Zealand, a lot of a lot of people think of fan tales, um, and and their connection to those past. Yeah. Uh, so if I see one. They're often flitting, flitting around the house. Um, it does mm-hmm. remind me of her. And yeah. my sister gave me a fantail necklace as a gift to remember her by. And yeah. the children and I often um, talk about maybe in the sky. And if it's a clear night, we will pick a star and think of her shining down on us. Yeah. So just a few. The children are very open about um, talking about it, I've got a necklace that I wear actually. It's got all of the children's initials on it. Oh, yeah. Each, each disc, and then yes. um, one of the discs is a heart for yeah. um, the baby oh, yeah. past. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So, um, I mean, it's not great, but with Barnaby too, I guess there was a bit of anxiety about uh, about that for them. Um, yeah. Knowing that a, a baby might not make it and that. Um, yeah, so that Charlotte often says, it's so lucky that we have a Barnaby. Um, it's so lucky that he didn't die, which is just very matter of fact, but it's he's such a beautiful child. It is very lucky. We feel so blessed. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. they, there's all that processing that they've had to go through too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So let's talk about Barnaby because mm. he came after your little girl and yes. – what was that like for you um, to be pregnant again? Um, mm. Were there anxieties? Just tell me about that. Yes, and even the decision to have another baby okay. is 
is a big one. Um, yeah. James and I, we weren't sure what to do mm-hmm. and um, we had no plans. So um, we did decide that, well, I definitely felt like I wasn't complete and yeah. that the family wasn't complete and James was very easygoing about what, which way it could be. So he, okay, um, that was good and that we came to the decision that we would try for a fourth baby and everything went smoothly. It didn't take long um, once we'd made the decision. Okay. And, yeah, it was a very straightforward pregnancy, but physically uh, it was all fine and it was just that mental load of mm-hmm. oh, it was just everything, um, going to the toilet and always checking mm-hmm. um you know, is there any blood? Even though I didn't have any blood with the other loss, I was just constantly worried, always yeah. waiting for that mark where I could feel baby move, baby's movements. And then once I could feel baby's movements, the um, the anxiety of, well, when did I last feel the movements? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there were, it was a roller coaster of um, anxiety. I just wanted baby to get here. And for everything to be okay, I went yeah. to a midwife appointment early on um, and new midwives because I was in the North Island at this stage. So um, uh, she couldn't find the heartbeat straight away. And um, that was not good, not a good yeah. feeling. Um, and then she had a break and she said, let's do other parts of the appointment and come back and try again. And um she did find the heartbeat and she said, would you feel more comfortable having a, a scan so you can see baby because it was still early, earlier than the 12-week mark. Yeah. And I said, yes, that would be good. Um, great. Just, so just an understanding midwife that, of what I'd been through and the more reassurance that I needed on the, in this pregnancy was really helpful too. Um, yeah. They were great all the way through. I think I had two extra scans just to alleviate those fears. Yeah. And he arrived safely into our yeah, arms. Beautiful. Yeah, it was uh it was such a healing experience. Was um, it? Yeah, another another beautiful birth, uh, a water birth. Oh, um yeah, it was it was it was textbook. <laughs> it was so so amazing. Yeah. It just from the start I felt like he's been um I don't know how to describe it. I so a, an amazing birth, and then I was with him at the birthing centre, and he he were he wouldn't go into the wee um, cot beside the bed, so mm. I pulled him into the bed, and it was a big double bed. Never co-slept in my life, with, even though I've had three babies. But I popped yeah. him on the bed beside me, and he. I've never been able to feed lying down either and he popped right. onto the breast lying down and he just it was just like he's like my mummy's here I'm sick. yeah and he was such a calm little man and he's been the, the chillest baby the whole way through he's just delightful and it just felt yeah it's just felt so at peace having him here and yeah um just from the beginning it's almost been like a little soul soulmate person to me yeah he's been very special to me oh that's that's beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's part of your healing too isn't he 
He certainly is a big mm. part of it. Yeah. 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 What do you think you've learned about yourself, Esther, through this experience? I think definitely in the early early months sort of after it, I just learned how how grateful and blessed I am to have my family and to have my children and that they are my life. They are Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. to me. And Mm -hmm. they really, they were the ones, and James, who got me through because I, even though we had had the loss, I had so much more than, than that. It didn't define me because there was so much more, um, to be so happy and grateful for. They, they really got me through this, the whole thing. So yeah, I just, learned how how to appreciate it all so much more mm. yeah mm. what a gift mm. yeah absolutely yeah she definitely shone a light down on on just how amazing the family is yeah yeah and any words of love or advice you would give to someone who might be facing something similar everybody processes it so differently yeah uh, right and I think finding people that you might not feel comfortable to share it openly. I did share it on social media because um, people had been uh, ex- excited to follow along the journey. And then um, I wasn't sure how to approach sharing loss um, mm. in an op- open uh, forum like that. But from the sharing and talking about it, I've gained a strength and courage from the woman who would also share these stories right. with me. Yeah. And um, that was very humbling that, pe- yeah. that people would talk and uh, that there is such a common thread in womanhood with this. Loss mm. is not, mm. it's not a, it's, yeah, there's just some, there's a lot of people who have gone through similar things. I think talking would be my advice and finding people to talk to that you can open up to doesn't have to be public but just that you're you're able to share and and have people that you can confide in yeah 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 great advice okay and Esther our final question today is what does it mean to you to be mama to Darcy Charlotte Libby Barnaby and your little girl I was talking to James the other night and we were saying, like, if you could close your eyes and imagine happiness, what pops into your brain? And and I was saying to James, if I close my eyes, it's just happiness to me as being my children and mm-hmm. happily bouncing on the trampoline and gardening with me and just every little thing that is just everyday occurrences. Darcy helping with the chickens and... Um, Charlotte playing with her Barbies, the animals that we have and the love they have for their animals. Just, yeah, so my children are just everything to them. They just, they're, out, they're my happiness and my yeah. my everything. Yeah, I'm so blessed to be their mama. Yeah, yeah, you are, and I bet that they are blessed to have you as their mama. Thank you, thank you. Um, I can really, I've been able to hear through this whole chat the strength of your love for them yeah. and for being a mother. Um, yes, yeah. it's, it's incredible. 
Yeah, what a beautiful childhood you're giving them too. That um, I raised my child in the city, and that what you're doing just sounds <laughs> so preferable. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's amazing. I do feel very lucky where we are to have our little patch of land and the ponies and all of the That's animals. So amazing. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Esther, for sharing. I know it, it can be hard to be vulnerable like this, mm. and I really appreciate it because I know that this will help someone who needs to hear it. And mm. um, so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing incredible things with the podcast, and thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you again so much, Esther, for sharing this very personal and powerful experience with us. I am so sorry you had to say goodbye to your little girl. Your story has really moved me. As always, I hope this podcast brings you hope, healing and hugs.